Amen. Please remain standing and open the pages of the scripture in your hand to our scripture reading this morning. The first reading comes from Psalm 103, Psalm 103. Verses uh, 13 to 17. This is uh, the word of God. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it. It is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. Amen. Turn to the Gospel of Mark now, from where my sermon this morning comes, Mark chapter 14. Those of you who are new, visiting, we are going through the Gospel of Mark in our morning worship service, and we find ourselves this morning in chapter 14 beginning from verse 66 to 72. This is Peter denying Jesus Christ, his Savior, three times. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the roster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it, and after a little, while they the bystanders again say to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the roster crowed and a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the roster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept the word of God. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we now join your servant Samuel in saying to you, our Heavenly Father, Master, speak. Your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. In our consideration of the Gospel of Mark, this morning we move from Jesus' illegal trial that we look at last Sunday morning to the sad incident, the sad event of Peter's denial of Jesus at the courtyard of the high priest. So remember where we are. We are at the point in Peter's life where he will deny Jesus Christ three times. And remember that as Jesus, after his arrest, was led to the home of the high priest, Caiaphas, for trial, Peter followed Jesus and his captors to the courtyard of the high priest. So he was in the courtyard. He followed them. And the two important lessons that you and I learned last Sunday from Jesus following, uh, from Peter following Jesus to the courtyard were, number one, as Christians, we are not called to, Jesus, to follow Jesus at a distance or from a distance. That's exactly what Peter did. You remember, he was following Jesus. He still wanted to love Jesus. He still wanted to be one of the disciples, but from a distance. He kept, uh, he kept his distance from Jesus. He wanted to do everything that he was doing about Jesus quietly. He didn't want anyone to know him that he was one of the disciples. So you and I, we should follow Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we should follow Jesus closely. We should make uh, known to everyone that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And the second lesson was, we are not called to follow Jesus Christ for the comfort of our own life. He was warming himself at the fire. He was concerned about the comfort of his own life. He was not ready for persecution. Even Jesus told him that he and the other disciples will fall away for the time being. He resented that. He didn't want to believe in that. So we see him warming himself at the fire, being concerned about the comfort of this life, the comfort of this world. You and I as believers, we are called to put Christ first. Yes, comfort is good. We should enjoy everything that God has given us in this life. There's nothing wrong about that. There's nothing sinful about that. But Christ should come first, not our own comfort. Now we come to Peter's denial. Just observe, you know, from where Jesus, uh, Peter, uh, came, where he started, and now where he's landing. His denial. Everything that you see in Peter's life now, it was not the, the spur of the moment. It didn't happen suddenly. It was not uh, uh, off guard. 
Several times Jesus told Peter and the other disciples, you will be tempted, you will fall away. And Peter didn't accept that. Peter disagreed with Jesus. So Peter's denial of Jesus was not a surprise. And the lesson to all of us this morning from our text this morning is this. Peter's denial of Jesus took place. It happened as a lesson for us. A lesson about the cautionary warning of Jesus Christ to all believers, number one. Number two, the source of believers' strengths. And number three, the hope of believers. So we have all these warnings in the scripture for you and I to be very careful from falling, even as believers. Maybe some of you, you are asking, can a believer fall away? Yes. Look at Peter. Peter was like one of us. Not only uh, one of us, but the best of us. He was an apostle. He was this apostle who confessed Jesus Christ as the Christ, the Son of God. He was an apostle whom Jesus called the rock. But look what is happening in his life. Why? Well, first let's, let's consider the cautionary warning to all believers. Everything started, remember, when Jesus told his disciples in, uh, in, in verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went on to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. The first step downward for Peter was boasting in himself. Believing in himself, in his own strengths. That's where everything started. He set himself above all the others. It was as if G Peter was saying to Jesus, Master, you know everything about the kingdom of God. You know everything about the way of salvation. But I don't think you know me. You lack knowledge of who Peter is. You don't see my power. You don't see my strengths. You don't know me. I always picture, you know, Peter, you know, as if he was saying to Jesus, isn't this why you called me rock? So trust me, I'm not going to fall away. You see, when you and I find ourselves boasting in our own strengths, we stand and walk in a very dangerous ground. We are on our way to fail. To shame. 
The Bible never encourages any believer to boast on himself, to boast on herself. But this was Peter. He boasted in his own strengths. The Apostle Paul understood this very well. In Romans 7, 18, Paul said, For I know that nothing good dwells within me. You see, Paul was saying, I have no conf confidence in myself. I'm not going to rely on myself, even as an apostle, even as a believer. God forbid that I rely on my own strength. That was Paul. That was not Peter. Peter, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, said, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. In spiritual things, we can only stand by God's strength. We can only stand by the strength that Jesus gives us in the Christian life. When you as a believer think that you are standing on a solid ground without Christ, without the strength, the strength that the Holy Spirit gives you, you will fail. You will fail big time. Like Peter. Paul in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Listen to Paul carefully. I, I really appreciate Paul. How he understood human strengths. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Do you hear that? But our sufficient, our sufficient is from God. Our sufficiency is from God. Nothing that we do as Christians, the service that we render to God, the gospel that we preach, the help that we provide to other people, whatever we do as Christians, that doesn't come from us. It comes from God. Our sufficiency is from God. So rather than boasting in self-confidence, Paul's confidence was in the power that the Lord Jesus Christ gives him to help him in spite of his weaknesses. That's where Paul was, but not Peter. Peter said, no. No, no, no. This will never happen in my life. I will never deny you. Boasting in yourself. Foolish confidence in yourself. Remember what Jesus told us, him being the vine, we being the branches. Jesus said in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. That was not where Peter was. Paul in Philippians 4, 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, Jesus is able to keep you standing. You need Jesus, you know, for you to stand and not fall. That's where Peter started. And then secondly, you remember Jesus told Peter, he was caught in Zechariah 13, 7, 
strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That was a prophecy, brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus prophesies it to, to Peter. And Peter argued with the scripture, with the prophecy of the scripture. There are times in the Christian life that even believers, sometimes knowingly and sometimes without knowing it, they argue with God. They argue with the scripture. They say, I will never fail. Arguing with the scripture is another dangerous thing that you can do in the Christian life. But Peter argued with the word of God. It's amazing when some people think that they have special exception so that the scripture do not apply on them. Oh, this this verse applies on so and so, but not on me. Somehow they are exempted. No. No, this applies on every one of us. Unless we stand in God's grace, unless we stand relying on the Holy Spirit in the Christian life, we all would fail. But Peter argued against the scripture, against the prophecy of the Holy Scripture. So he was on his way, downward. And the last one, brothers and sisters in Christ, was what? Jesus took them to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he took Peter, James, and John into the garden, far into the garden, and he told them, you, you watch, you sit and watch here, and I will go over there and pray. Jesus prayed, you know the story, we have seen that, and Jesus comes back, and he found them, what, sleeping. Why do you think Jesus was making his focus on Peter? James was sleeping, John was sleeping, but Jesus was saying, Peter, Simon, Simon, are you asleep? Didn't I tell you? Watch and pray? Didn't I tell you what's coming to your life? Why do you think Peter failed? Why do you think Peter denied Jesus? He prayed less. His master was praying. His, pastor, his master was agonizing in the garden to the extent of death. Peter was sleeping. Now, would you be surprised, you know, to see Peter denying Jesus three times? After boasting in himself? After arguing with the scripture? After sleeping on Jesus? This is what happens when we boast in ourselves, when we argue with the scripture. When we pray less, that's exactly what happens. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
The most important thing for the church today is prayer. But I'm afraid as a pastor that one of the biggest weaknesses of the church today is prayer. We tend to neglect prayer. We tend to sleep on prayer. And we say to one another, why why are we not growing? Why are we not reaching out more people with the gospel? Question, are we praying? Are we praying less? We are praying more. That's the question that I want us to wrestle this morning. Wrestle with, with humility. Without, without judging one another, just search our own hearts. And think how much we are praying. The devil knows this. The devil knows this. The devil knows that this is the line of our defense. Prayer. And you know what he does? He always takes us away from prayer. He fills our day with other things. Our plate is full. And we say, I don't have time to pray. He got you. He wins. That's what happens with Peter. Then we come to the source of believer strength. But I, I want us to consider this along with Peter's denial. A little girl, a servant who opened the door for him at the courtyard, comes to Peter and she says to him, You are one of them. And Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. And you and I, we know, we know. When someone comes and says to us something that we know, something that we have done, and when we say, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, you know, it's time to go. You know, we go. You know, that's what what happened to Peter. He knew exactly what she was talking about. He was one of the disciples. But boasting in himself, arguing with the scripture, praying less, brought him to this stage in his life. And he said, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And then a second time she asked him, you are one of them. And he denied But what he did for the third time was even worse. When the others came to him and they said, you are one of his disciples. We can tell from your accent. You are a Galilean. And the scripture tells us that he invoked curse upon himself. Do you understand that? Do you know what what he was doing? 
What does Mark mean when he says he invoked curse upon him? This is what Peter was doing. Let me tell you. Peter, Peter was saying, if I am not telling the truth that I don't know this man, if I am not telling the truth, let God do this and that to me. That's what Peter was doing. Lady, I'm telling you the truth. If I'm telling a lie, let God destroy me. You see, it's for that reason that I chose Psalm 103, 17, 13 to 17 for our scripture reading. God, God's compassion, like the compassion of the mother, his loving kindness endures forever. Jesus loved this apostle who denied him three times, who invoked curse upon himself. But let's come to the source of believer's strength now. As soon as Peter denied Jesus for the third time, the roster crowd, and the scripture tells us, Peter remembered the words of Christ. You see what happened? He remembered the word of God. Against whom? He argued. He remembered the word of God. What does Jesus tell us about the role of the Holy, the Holy Spirit in, in a believer's life? John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's exactly what happened in Peter's life. The Holy Spirit brought what Jesus told him into remembrance. In Hebrews 4, 12, the writer tells us the word of God is like a sword. It penetrates into our mind and our hearts to show us a problem in the Christian life. To convince us of our sin. The source of believer's strength is the Holy Spirit. Beloved. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Word of God. The prophecy of the word of God. Not only that, what about the hope of believers? So he was convinced. The word of God convicted him. Then what happened? He broke down and wept. The hope of the believer, beloved, is repentance. When we fail Christ, when we deny Jesus, denounce Jesus in the Christian life because of trials, because of temptation, our hope, our only hope is repentance. Peter was broken. He went outside and the scripture tells us he wept bitterly. In Psalm 34, 18, the psalmist said, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushing in his spirit. 
Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Jesus didn't despise him because he was broken. He was repenting. He was in tears. Let me tell you another thing that happened in the life of Peter because this is amazing. The moment he uttered the third denial, Jesus from the courtyard, from the court, looked at him. Looked at him. They met face to face. The moment he denied Jesus for the third time, Jesus looked at him. You know, there are people who say that look from Jesus, they say it was a look of wrath. It was a look of fury. No. That look was a look of kindness. How do we know that? Paul tells us in Romans 2, 4. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance? And patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. The moment he looked at him, his kindness, you know, that look full of kindness led Peter to repentance. Christ's kindness brought him to repentance. Maybe some of you are saying, I really need that look. I really need that look in my life so that I would repent. Let me tell you this. Every time you open your Bible and read the scripture, Jesus is looking at you. Do you know that? You, are, you meet with Jesus face to face in his word. When you sin, he sees you. When you struggle, he's there. He's looking at you. That's why we need to go to the Word of God every day, every moment of our life. That's where we find Jesus' look at us. His kindness, His encouragement, His strength, His hope, we find it in His Word. So Peter was broken, he repented. Let me show you what happened in his life. He boasted in his own strengths. He argued with the scripture. He neglected prayer. And then he failed. He failed big time. And then he was broken. He repented. He was restored. He became a humble man. But he also became a bold man. Where, where do we see that? In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, where Peter stood before the whole Israel. And he said to the men of Israel, you crucified Jesus. You crucified Jesus. But his father raised him up from the dead. And now he has become the cornerstone. If you don't believe in him, you will stumble and you will be perishing. That was Peter. After repentance, after restoration, came boldness, came courage, 
Can you imagine Peter facing Caiaphas again in Acts chapter 4? Caiaphas and all the Sanhedrin and telling them right at their face, you killed Jesus. In the courtyard, I don't know him. Why? Because he was boasting in himself. Now I'm going to address our children here. It doesn't mean it doesn't apply to adults, but children. The culture where you live in, this is what the culture teaches you, our children. Your power resides in you. This culture teaches you, you are great, you are wonderful, you can do whatever you want to do in this life. That's a lie. You see, when, when our children grow up and they face the reality of the lie of this culture, they blame everyone around them for failing. Because they have been taught that they are great. There is no one greater than God. They have been taught they are wonderful. There is no one wonderful than Christ Jesus. That's a lie. Our power resides in our repentance, in our humility, in our brokenness. That's where our power resides. Don't listen to this culture, beloved. Listen to Jesus, who strengthens you to do all things that, Christ, that God has decreed for you to do in this life. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, in the light of what we heard this morning, we ask you to save our children from the teaching of this culture where they are taught that their power, their strengths, their success resides in them. Rescue our children from this false teaching of this culture. Help each and every one of us, O oh Lord, not to boast in ourselves. Break us by the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, help us to rely on the strengths that Christ gives us in the Christian life. Help us to pray more. Help us not to neglect prayer, not to sleep, but watch and pray. Help us not to argue with you and the word of God, but to submit to you joyfully and with a great sense of humility. Grow your church in this way. Bless us, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.